0: The first reading this morning from the Old Testament from the book of the prophet Isaiah, page 653 in your pew Bibles. It's the 40th chapter, the first through the 11th verse. Comfort, oh comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term and that her penalty is paid. This she has received from the Lord's hand, double for all her sins. A voice cries out, in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all the people shall see it. Together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out, and I say, what shall I cry? People are grass, their constancy is like the flower of the field. Grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear, says to the cities of Judah. Here is our God. See, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him, And his recompense before him he will feed his flock like a shepherd he will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother's sheep and our second reading this morning is from the good news of the evangelist mark on page 910 of your pew bibles the first chapter the first through the eighth verses The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, see I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The word of the Lord.
1: Will you pray now with me as I pray for you? Lord, we do indeed know that your word will stand forever. Help us to hear your word and live it in our lives today. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. These readings for today make me want to get out my old Godspell music and sing, Prepare ye the way of the Lord such a nice catchy upbeat tune and you know we we are all prepared or at least getting that way I even have some of my Christmas shopping done the decorations are mostly up the activities of Advent and Christmas time are well underway Tony and I have some staff meetings both his and staff parties both his and mine coming up in the next week fun times indeed these Week's scripture is about preparing the way of the Lord, and we're almost prepared, must be on the right track, right? And then we read about John the Baptist, and he's kind of a downer. After all, Mark's gospel doesn't start with some beautiful story of a baby. There's no shepherds. There's no wise men. He starts off with an adult John the Baptist, who we really might not rather have walk in the door. I mean, after all, he probably smells, he wears camel's hair after all, and he only eats locusts and honey. I mean, I guess the honey's probably all right, but can you imagine your only diet being bugs and honey? Especially this time of year when there's so much other good stuff. Bugs and honey, that's for January when you got to go on the diet after all the good stuff you eat in December. And how does John prepare for Christ's coming? Is he climbing up on ladders, hanging lights on the house? Chopping down a tree and adding all the trimmings, prepping the turkey and ham? Does he sing happy songs? Not on your life. No, John is too aware of the world and the situation and role he has been thrust into. Now, it is often said that the role of the preacher is to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable, And it was a reality of John's preaching that his goal was to afflict as many as possible from any feelings of comfort they might have. John was all about making the powerful people, the in-crowd of the temple and the government really uncomfortable. But not just for the in-crowd and the powerful in the government. No, John stood out on the banks of the Jordan and pointed at all the people, at you and at me and said, preparing means repentance for everybody, the powerful, the powerless, even though it wasn't, even though it wasn't comfortable and said, if you wanna be prepared for the one who comes after me, you gotta change what you're doing. It means doing the stuff God told you you're supposed to do, but you haven't been. It means turning onto the right path. Literally, the Greek word that he uses for repentance, metanoia, means a turning. A changing of direction. So, why even talk about John? As a matter of fact, let's just skip that. Why don't we go back to Isaiah? I mean, after all, those readings are much prettier. Comfort, comfort you, my people. Tell of peace, thus says our God. That sounds so much better. Speak to Jerusalem of the peace that waits for them. But even Isaiah didn't get to say these verses to speak of comfort and peace until the people had been living in exile and misery for a long time, in the wilderness of separation from their community and their home for generations. And much like the Old Testament stories of God's redemption, the redemption was only going to come, Isaiah tells them, when the people move away from their self-centered and self-serving paths and get refocused on God, turn towards God, the verse says, comfort my people, not make my people comfortable. There is comfort in knowing that God is with us, but it isn't an easy chair, sit-back-and-relax kind of comfort. It is an active practice of recognizing and responding to the presence of God in our lives. Isaiah calls to the people to get up to the high places and make sure that others hear the story of God and God's glory. And they're called to straighten out the roads, to make the rough places smooth and the uneven ground level, not exactly a sit back and do nothing and get comforted passive way of being and here we are in another Christmas season with pretty decorations up but doesn't it still feel when you step outside the beauty of your homes or of this sanctuary as though the easy and pretty days of comfort and joy have still not yet arrived over 2,500 years after Isaiah was invited to comfort God's people, 2,000 years after John cried out in the wilderness, it often still feels like we are living in a wilderness today, a rough place, a place of chaos, a place where many of us feel separated, even from those who live near to us but who seem light years apart from us in so many ways. It seems that even 2,000 years after the birth of the babe in the manger, there are all kinds of rough places, uneven ground, and wilderness obstacles to people knowing and living in the peace that God promises or feeling the comfort of God's presence. And so these words come to us again in this Advent season, go out into the wilderness of the world and prepare the way of the Lord. We think about what that means, to prepare the way of the Lord is in no way a passive kind of waiting, any more than preparing for Christmas Day is a matter of sitting back and watching the calendar dates go by. The cantata that will be heard in the two later services this morning didn't just appear in the choir's hands earlier today. Expectant parents don't just sit around and do nothing to prepare for a baby's arrival. Now, there may be very little that mom or anyone else can do to make sure that everything will be okay, but that doesn't mean there isn't a lot to be done before that baby comes. You don't wait for a wedding day to start planning the event, you don't get ready for a test by never opening a book, believe it or not, or never doing homework, or never paying attention in class. I see some parents nudging some elbows, I'd nudge mine, but he's all the way in the back. Not if you want to pass, that is. By the same token. The preparations for the coming of the Lord are an ongoing thing. The preparations for the ways we live our lives are an ongoing thing. The choir practices regularly, and I imagine have been preparing for the cantata for some time. As far as tests in school, my son is not always excited to hear me say that it's important to learn what's on the test this time because not only do you need to pass this test, but what comes on the next one is likely to build on what you learned for this one. You can do a lot to prepare for the baby's arrival, but once it arrives, you can't just sit back and say, yep, we're done, and plop the baby in the crib and sit back and wait for it to grow up. Wouldn't that be nice? But no. (laughs) The preparations for the wedding day take all kinds of time and labor, and the wedding day finally comes and goes. But once it is over, it is the work of the marriage. That begins. The Gospel of Mark points us to the ongoing nature of the story of faith and being followers, not only of the Christ child, but of Jesus, the Son of God, because Mark's Gospel says, This is the beginning of the good news. He doesn't say, This is the good news, this is the beginning of the good news. We're just getting started. We're just starting to work our way into the life of faith. Howard Thurman says it best when it comes to what the preparations of Christmas lead us to. In a poem called, When the Song of the Angels is Stilled. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone. When the king and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flocks the work of Christmas begins to find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among people, to make music in the heart. So if today is the day that we think about peace and light the candle of peace, then we have to start thinking about what it is for us as individuals in a faith community to prepare, not simply our houses and sanctuaries for a celebration of Christmas, but our hearts and lives for the presence of Christ, for the action of peace in the world. How do we go out into the wilderness of the world around us and bring that word of peace? Where are the high places that we need to go to cry out Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the one who will bring peace, the one who will feed his flock, the one who says, Comfort my people. As Christians around the world, we turn our hearts towards Bethlehem to celebrate the birth of the Prince of Peace. And we remember and celebrate the coming of Emmanuel, God with us, all of us as we seek the things that make for peace for all. So be active, be ready, prepare the way, cry out God's name and celebrate the coming of this Prince of Peace. We are called, we Christian people, to prepare the way of the Lord. To make the rough places smooth, to make the highway straight for those who are having a hard time making their way down it, to commit ourselves to lives of holiness and godliness as we wait for the return of Emmanuel. And then by the time our waiting is complete, we will have been co-creators and citizens of a new heaven and a new earth. May it be so. Glory to God. Amen.